Hey guys, welcome to the Fellowship Greenville Students Podcast. This week, Dallas Greenway started our new series, Relationship Goals, and talked about how love starts with God. We looked at 1 John 4 and how we need to go to God first so that we can love others the way He loves them. Dallas encouraged us to think about how we are experiencing God's love and how we are loving other people. We hope you enjoyed this message. So this morning, I did mention we are going to be in 1 John, not the Gospel of John, but written by the same guy, the same dude. Uh, we're going to be in 1 John chapter 4, if you want to turn there. It's like way towards the end of your Bible, almost to the very end, uh, but not, not quite there. So you can go ahead and turn there. And we are starting this series called Relationship Goals. Again, I'll say it, I'll say it again. I'll probably say it every single week. Uh, this is not a series on dating, but, okay, but th- these things that we are talking about, the principles that we're going to talk about over the next few weeks, can all be applied to dating relationships. Isn't that interesting, right? But everything that we're talking about in, re- in relationship to, to love, uh, when it pertains to love, could be applied to those dating relationships. Because here's what I know. I know that some of you guys and girls in here, you are like, maybe you are, you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend, um, or at some point you will, right? For most of you, you will have a boyfriend or a girlfriend, and, and you may have a husband or a wife one day. And so all of these things can be applied to that, but we know that others of you are like, uh, girls, they still have cooties, right? Like, I'm not messing with that. Uh, or, or boys, do they even take baths, right? Do they? No, they take showers probably, but do they do any of that stuff? They stink. Why would I ever be interested? And so that's why we're not really talking about because we know that that's just not where a lot of you are and that's perfectly fine. Um, so if you want more like, hey, but but how exactly would this apply in a boyfriend, girlfriend thing? Here's, here's my general rule for middle school dating. Am I allowed to say this? This is my rule, okay? I'm not saying that this is like this is the gospel truth necessarily, but I'm just, I'm just going to say, blanket, blanket statement, you probably don't need to be dating in middle school or elementary school. And even if you're going to date in high school, I didn't do this in first service, so I don't know why I'm doing it. Somebody in here must need me to say this, okay? I don't know why I'm saying this right now, but even in high school, I, I'm just going to tell you, you better be like real certain that, it's, that that's the right decision for you. Okay, that's what I'm going to say about any kind of dating. And here's the biggest reason why is because you have no idea who you are. You don't. You are still very much trying to figure out who you are in middle school. And you will still be trying to figure out who you are in high school. And you will probably still be trying to figure out who you are in college, okay? I'm not saying that there's ever just going to be this point where like, now I know fully who I am. Like, it is a, a lifelong process. But all the things you've got going on right now, and then you're going to bring in somebody else that you're really tightly, closely connected with, and you're going to say, yeah, we're boyfriend, girlfriend, and they have no idea who they are too. Like, it's just way too much in the most formative years of your life. So I'm telling you, you're going to save yourself a lot of heartache, a lot of heartbreak. Uh, you're going to save yourself a lot of drama. Goodness. We probably should do a whole series on drama. Did you realize that you actually don't have to be a part of drama in your life? Like, it's a choice. So what are we even doing? None of this was in first hour, okay? None of this was in first hour. You actually don't have to be one of the most dramatic people in your school or in the middle of all the drama. That actually doesn't have to be you. So... So, all that to say, 
dating in middle school, probably I'm not going to recommend it. I'm 100% not going to recommend it, actually. Dating, dating in high school, we're going to have to have a real clear uh, like reason why this is something that God is clearly doing. Okay, I know it's so weird, but think about all the junk that comes with it. Think about... Uh, think about all the heartbreak and heartache that you hear about in songs, right? Now we got people everywhere. What are they doing? Driving through the suburbs, crying about their boyfriend <laughs> who, who left them, right? Like there's just, there's so much stuff that you guys can avoid and it would be a really good thing if you did. You'd thank Somebody later, if you actually listened to whatever they were telling you and, you and you didn't date, like you waited as long as you possibly could, man, and you would just have so much more fun. Man, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you'd have way more fun, okay? Uh, so anyway, I, again, I didn't say any of that in first service, so somebody clearly needed to hear it this morning. Um, so yeah, tell that dude it's not going to work. Tell that girl, I'm sorry. I love Jesus, right? <laughs> so peace. Okay, so this series is not going to be on dating, but again, principles can be applied, but again, probably don't do it anytime soon. So, but this series is going to be on relationships, okay? And, and specifically, like relationships, friendships, family, uh, all of that kind of stuff, it, it is still us loving people, right? But yet, like this whole month is about, well, who's going to be your valentine? And, you know, are, are they going to show that they truly love you by giving you a Reese's heart, right? Or Reese's peanut butter shaped heart. That's the way. Listen, my, my wife said last night, Brittany said, I bought you a Valentine's gift, but I want to open them now. I said, Valentine's has come early. And we opened that bag of peanut butter Reese's, you know, chocolate hearts. Oh my goodness. Please, guys, if you haven't had one, if you're allergic, don't have one. But you know, it's, they're, they're, gosh, so good. So good. Um, that, that's my love language, I guess, right? There's five love languages, and now there's a sixth, which is any shaped Reese's chocolate thing. Uh, so most of, most of you, though, like, you, you, a lot of you are like, can we just go back to third grade where we just were given those, you know, sure, the Reese's thing with, like, a little uh, card? Because our, our whole culture is, like, about love and about relationships, especially during this month. And it's on the store shelves. It's on our, our pizza, right? Have you guys seen the, the heart-shaped pizza? And so this is a month to talk about love and to talk about relationships. That's the point that I'm getting at. I mean, and, and really, there's probably any good time or any time would be a good time because love is what is at the top of the charts when you look at music. Love is what's in nearly every movie that comes out now, even to the point, maybe you can relate to this, where like your favorite book finally becomes a movie, right? Or just something that you've always wanted to see be a movie and you're like, there's gonna be so much action, so much awesomeness, this is gonna be like the best movie ever made. And then for some reason, they put this love story in there, right? Like I think they kind of did it with The Lord of the Rings, if I'm not mistaken, and they put this love story in there that wasn't in there to begin with, but here's what they know is that people are so like enthralled and they want, uh, they want more love stories. Love is such a big part of who we are that they put it in movies where it doesn't even need to be, right? Like our, our culture is saturated with these, these thoughts and ideas about love. And most of them, here's what I want you to know. And if you have the ability to discern uh, what is the truth about love and what is not the truth about love, uh, you're going you're gonna to be 
flying pretty, right? It's going to be a good thing for you. Because most of the things that our culture throws at us when it comes to love and relationships, whether it's with boyfriend, girlfriend, or, or marriage, or even just like in friendships, so much of it is, is toxic. It's toxic. And it's leaving us wanting more. And here's ultimately why that is, is because most of our culture is not actually looking for love in the right place. They're not going to the one who is the source of love to actually figure out, understand, experience what true love is to begin with. So what or who is the source of love? And, and what, what do we do? Like if we were able to actually connect with that or like tap into that, I think we, we could actually start to go down a path of loving others truly, like really, really well. So we are in, again, 1 John chapter 4, and we're looking for this. What's the source of love? And, and how do we go about actually loving others or experiencing that and letting it overflow from us? It's pretty maybe plain and simple once we get into these verses. Maybe you already know where I'm going, but I'm telling you, we, we miss this so often in our lives. How do I know we miss it? Because we don't love people well most of the time. We, we fail to love others well. We're gonna read through 1 John chapter 4, starting in verse 7. We're going to read through to verse 12, and then we'll come back and kind of walk through these a little bit verse by verse, okay? So this is beloved. This is John. This is the guy who uh, was, was Jesus's, one of his like closest dudes, right? Uh, and in fact, in the book of John, John is referred to as the beloved. Like him and Jesus had a tight, loving friendship, Right? A tight, loving friendship. They were, they were bros. They were, they were there for each other. And he, he wrote the book of John, but he also wrote uh, this letter, 1 John, right? It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever, ha- whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. Verse nine, in this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. So here we go. Where does love come from? Let's read these first two verses again. Beloved, let us love one another. It's a charge, a call. He's talking to Christians here. He's talking to the people of God, the children of God. So he's talking in a sense to us. If you have put your trust and your faith in Jesus, if you haven't put your trust and faith in Jesus, then he's kind of not talking to you, but you get a picture of, oh, that's what it means to be a Christian. That's the call that a Christian has on their life. And part of it is this, let us love one another. Why, like, why should we do that? For love is from God. The God that we say we believe in, the God that we say that we trust, the God that we say that we put our hope and our life in, love comes from him. Love comes from him. And specifically, here's what you need to know about these verses is that the, the type of love that they're talking about here is important. The type of love. There's actually different words in the original language of the New Testament. It was Greek, okay? And there's different words. Every time you, see, you and I see the word love in English, 
actually in the original language, sometimes they used different words for love. It's like different levels or different types. And we kind of know this in our English language, right? We were talking about heart-shaped pizza earlier today. Some of you are like, I don't know if I'm down with that. Like JJ was asking earlier, how do you slice that heart-shaped pizza appropriately, right? You can't, okay? But it's still tasty. But for food, we would say, man, but I love pizza, right? Like I love pizza. But Hopefully nobody in here is like, I love pizza and I want to marry it one day, right? Now, maybe you have said that at some point, but you were joking, okay? Uh, we, we use love for food. We use love for TV shows. We use the word love for like somebody that someone's talking about and you know a couple of things about that person and you know that you love that person enough to say, oh, I'll just love her, but you don't even really, you don't know them, right? You just know things about them. Maybe it's a celebrity or like just somebody on the other side of the room that you love how they dress or something, right? We use love in all kinds of different ways in our culture. And I think in some ways, that's how the Bible is using it. It uses different types of the word love, but in the Greek, they actually said different things, right? They meant how we would translate as love, but they said different things. And so here, what what word is being used in these verses that we're reading? It's actually the Greek word agape. Everybody say agape. Turn to your neighbor and say, I agape you. Just kidding. That could get, that could get weird. That could, but you did it anyway. Okay, I see you. I see you. So. Thank you for... I made you do that. Agape. Here's the deal about agape love. Here's why it's such a big deal that John is talking with, and using the word agape love. Is This is like the highest form of love, the greatest form of love. This is godly love. This is love that doesn't stop, love that never fails, love that is unconditional, love that is selfless. This is the love of God that John is talking about. And he's saying, we are to love one another with agape love, with the strongest form of love, with a love that only comes from God. What does he say in the rest of his verse? He says, if you know God, then you will love like that. And then he says, if somebody is not agapeing, if somebody does not agape love like that, then they don't know God. That's kind of heavy, right? It's kind of convicting. I mean, it makes me think about my life, and I know for a fact that I don't always love people. I don't always love my, my family, my immediate, like my, my, my boys. And I mean, they can never do any, any wrong, except for last week. I did talk about how they're little sinners. But like, no, I know that I struggle to agape my family at all times, who I love more than anybody else. So maybe if you're like me, you're, you're like, man, what, so what is this saying? So is this saying that if I, if I just struggle to do that, that I'm not a Christian? No, this is not. It's not what he's talking about. But I think what he is saying is if there is no fruit of true, godly, agape love anywhere in your life, then what are you doing? Have you even really experienced the love of God? Because when you do, you can't help, but as you, as you fall more in love with him and you taste and see over and over and over again that he is good, you can't help but overflow that love onto other people. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. Culture, movies, songs, the whole shebang. Do you want to know where you need to look for your cues on love? 
it's to God. Not only is love from God, right? But verse eight says, anyone who does, who, who, uh, does not love does not know God because God is love. God is love. All of who God is, is love and loving and agape, the strongest, highest form of love. Some of you need to make these verses your life verses. Love is from God because God is love. That's insane. That's a big deal, a big statement. But yet some people are so afraid to come to God because they, they definitely don't think he's loving. They think he's the opposite oftentimes. But doesn't he want to control me? Like, isn't he the reason that everything is bad in this world? Like, isn't he the reason that, that I lost so-and-so before it was their time? Isn't God, like, God's supposed to be in control, right? So isn't he the reason all of our politics and all of our, our media and, like, all this stuff is, is, like, so messed up? Isn't God the reason that I'm messed up? But John is telling us nothing but the truth here. And he tells us that, no, 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 no. God is not unloving. In fact, he, he is love itself. God is love. He is agape. He's the highest form. And so if you want to know what the highest form of love is like, then go to him. If you want to be a more loving person, then go to him. Whether it's more loving with your friends, with your family, with possibly your boyfriend, girlfriend, with your eventual spouse, with anyone and everyone around you. If you want to love like God loves, if you want to agape love people, then go spend time with him. Verse 9, in this the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his son, his only son, into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Here's what he's talking about. How do we know that this love is real? How do we know that this love actually exists? Has God ever shown us? I mean, in some sense, he shows you every single day when you have breath to breathe and a life to still be lived but his greatest showing where love came into the flesh. Love, literally put on flesh. Listen, if God is love and Jesus is God, then when Jesus was walking around here on the earth, he literally was love with a body. That's crazy. Everything Jesus ever did was in love. Let all things be done in love like we read earlier. Everything Jesus did was in and out of love and specifically out of this agape, higher, godly love. So if you want to know how to be loving, we will look to Jesus. If you want to know if God's love actually exists, then we will look to Jesus' life, death, and resurrection on our behalf. And then here's what got me thinking a little bit about, a little bit deeper into these verses too this week. It's some of us, we hear this and we're like, yes, this is true. God so loved the world, John 3, 16, that he gave his one and only son, whoever believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life, right? Like, yes, God loves us. He is for us. And I think that sometimes that's really easy, but here's where it gets rough, is it gets rough when we are supposed to believe, yes, God loves us, but also God loves me. 
Sometimes the hardest thing for us to take in, the hardest thing for us to believe is that God would love me? Because you know all the things that you've thought and that you've done and that you've said this past week or today, right? Or the things that you're planning to do that aren't so pleasing to God. You know all of those. And so maybe for you, maybe, maybe you haven't realized that yet, but the hardest thing for you to do is really truly believe and trust that God actually would love you. But he does. This agape love is the same love that we read about, that no beings, no powers, no rulers or authorities can keep you from his love. The invitation has been sent. It's Jesus. And if you have received, if you have believed and trusted in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then God loves you. He's crazy about you, period. And nothing can take that away. Nothing. So if you're struggling with that, if you're wrestling with that, let's talk about it. Let's work through it. Let's wrestle through it. But here's the deal. Until you can accept God's love for you, you won't truly be able to give God's love to others. How can you give what you haven't yet accepted? So that's something that you gotta wrestle down. That's something that you gotta talk to God with. God, help me believe that I am loved by you. And when you do, or as you do, you'll start to see that in your life that you're loving those you're in relationship with more and more. Last couple of verses, then we'll wrap up. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. Here's the deal. When you experience God's love and you're so full up on it, you can't help but overflow to other people and this crazy thing happens when you do. When agape love is what's coming out of your mouth and coming out in your actions and coming out maybe even in your, in your smile or your, your posture, your countenance, when agape love is coming out of you because God has so filled you up with it that no one has ever actually like physically seen God, right? But that somehow, some way, when you love like God does, that you are reflecting God to the world and showing the world, even though they aren't seeing God directly, like just seeing his face, because they would die, right? But they're seeing God in the way that you love. And isn't that what our world needs? Isn't that what you and I need? On a regular basis, we need to be reminded of that love. So, two things for you to consider. Do you believe that God loves you like this? That agape love. Never ending, unfailing, completely selfless. Do you believe that God loves you like that? And, and then, are you regularly being reminded of that? Are you regularly being filled up with that love from our God the Father. And then maybe the third thing is so then what's happening with the way that you love others? Love is from God. If you want to know what true love looks like, let's go to God. Let's experience it. 
Let's taste and see that it is very good. And then let's heed from verse 7 of 1 John chapter 4, our brother John's words to go and love one another. Let me pray for us. God, thank you so much again for how you have loved us. We could spend days, weeks, years even talking about your love for us and all the ways that you have shown yourself to be loving. God, I pray that, uh, that this morning, if there's somebody who has not experienced your love, that they would ask questions, that they would seek help, that they would call upon you and ask to know your love. Your love is greater than any love that uh, even, even somebody in our family, even a best friend, even a, a boyfriend, girlfriend, nobody else can match your love. So we want to experience that. God, and then out of that, we just pray that you would create, even just in this second hour of middle school, a, a more loving group of people here, a more loving group of Jesus followers. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.